0: Well, greetings. After an amazing weekend, we are live, and this is not CNN, as it were. We're having a wonderful rainstorm in Indiana. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Wi-Fi is strong. May we have a strong, forceful Wi-Fi force today. So, a bunch of exciting news. Obviously, had a great weekend uh, in Illinois. Uh, Whoosh. Bought me a bullet. Well, I didn't just buy me. I mean, at the current prices, you know, I bought a bullet. <laughs> RJJ, welcome, brother, Mister Max. Mister Max, I saw you were perhaps Twitter banned. What is going on? And W Laser, welcome, fine sir. So, um, uh, picked up my rifle. I bought myself a good old. What's the word I'm looking for? Scary, scary black thing. Scary. Oh my God. He's kind of good. He's going to go. Now, now, feds have like some dude popping into my inbox being like, hey, man, do you want to go abduct the state governor? <laughs> now that you're weaponized, are we going to go to the town hall? I'm like, no, bro. Here's a link to my Etsy shop, though. I think that's the way I'll, I'll push it. Rob, welcome, brother. Uh, Mr. Max, uh, good or bad news? I have been banned from Twitter for using the R word. My man. Day of the rake. I believe in in Canada, the R word is very offensive. In fact, rakes are on the banned list. Drongo, the painting is aligned with the corner of the screen. This, (laughs) This is the best thing ever. I put another book underneath my laptop. So maybe that maybe that helped thing. But now we have this pesky little bookshelf popping into the bottom corner. My wife spoke to me today about redoing my studio saying, you can't have a white wall with a Jesus painting as your studio. And I said, I'd do what I want. The Lord has willed it. But yes, my wife is perhaps correct. I'll have to figure out some, some new some new vibes. Anyway, so super pumped, super pumped about getting my rifle. Um, I'm so pumped. I want to do a yard pop. Like I just want to go out and shoot my gun, but, uh, you know, gonna, gonna do the right thing, go to the range, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Mr. Max, we're allowed to have rakes, but just one, (laughs) just with one tooth, no assault rake. Very good. Very good. No assault rakes. My goodness. So yeah, I had a, I had a great weekend um, in Illinois. I think Illinois may have it for most corrupt, most repulsive state government, most in the whole underwater indebted, you know, diverse gun violence, uh, absolute, you know, just You know, when you think failed state, uh, the word Illinois or Chicago, uh, you know, gets floated around. Scott, what the heck were you doing in Illinois? Well, you see, I'm, I have it on, (laughs) I have it on very good authority, very good, uh, account that Southern Illinois is very different to Northern Illinois. So I went to Southern Illinois. They have great protest, uh, at being lumped in, uh, with the Northerners. But uh, a few of the Majesty's men, gents, um, were kind enough to to have me over. And uh, man, you know, it is just so good to meet guys in person, to meet dudes in person who you have uh, communicated with online. You know, you know where each other stands. There's, there's trust, there's honesty. Um, and to be quite honest, it was euphoric. My wife came along, met their wives. Uh, you know, little kiddos are all running around, f- wholesome. Uh, went to church together, sang rousing, masculine worship songs about war and battle and whatnot. It was wonderful. Edifying to the soul. Um, and so really pumped. And it's almost going to be a double whammy. So uh, this week is the Localism Conference in Batavia. Uh, so that's going to be, uh, again, meeting if uh, any of you guys are going to make it up there. Um, It's just, you know, praise God, man. You meet dudes in real life and it's like, wow, like you have not folded or bowed the knee or kissed the ring of Baal. You are a based king and I'm shaking your hand right now, you know? So I just wanted to get into this thing uh, today, you know, because we've, we've, I think all of us have come from this place of church culture, of celebrity culture, of political culture, where the lead guy does the things, you know, we have a professional Christian, we have a professional politician, we have a professional, uh, whatever, who does the thing for us. And then we get to celebrity cult, we get to celebrity worship, right. So you go to some big conference, and there's a big name guy, and you're like, Oh, if I shake his hand, and he plucks me from obscurity to be his, to be known by him, Oh, my gosh, and it's like, None of that happens with with like me meeting all these dudes. it's like, oh my gosh, you're on mission. you're crushing, you're building something, you're going hard. I'm crushing, I'm building something, I'm going hard. We are now friends because we are building stuff together. Anytime I've ever been part of like you know some big church or some big organization or business or club or whatever, where you are just a spectator, you fall into celebrity worship, you fall into hierarchical game playing. Oh, I hope the pastor recognizes me. Oh, I hope uh, the boss sees me. Oh, you know, and it's, and it's like, why? You know, and then we see like some celebrity dude who, you know, in the street, we like, oh, fanboy, oh my gosh. And I've come to, I've come to like see it in my own life in the past. It's like, because I wasn't doing anything. I was not doing anything. I had no plan. I had no vision. And so they were, you know, Donald, if I saw Donald in the street, you know, back even two years, I don't know. Maybe not two years ago, I think I started realizing halfway through that, that it was up to me, if it was gonna be it was up to me. But you know, there would have been this thing of like, Oh, Donald, <laughs> I love you. You know, and like shake the guy's hand and be like, Oh, my gosh, I just shook his hand. And he's amazing. And it's like, this kind of celebrity culture, the celebrity worship is a hope is a cope that they are doing the thing on my behalf. And it is my job to watch and fan. Now, when we, we look at the life of Jesus, you know, with these, with this bunch of dudes, you know, cause so often with, with celebrity cultures, if the main guy folds, if the main guy falls, if the main guy is taken out, everyone scatters, you know, the thing falls apart. But in a discipleship culture, in a culture where everyone knows what they're doing and they're crushing, where there's a vision, a shared mission, a shared vision, whatever that, you know, cause that whole thing of like, if, if another guy is going as hard at a mission as you are, you're like, man, I don't care about your personality. I don't care how you do things really. It's like, are you good for the mission? And it's like, man, this guy's good at the mission. Like he inspires me to be better, you know? And it's like that whole thing of, of being alone, a lone wolf, a lone mission man, you know, a, a 007 behind enemy lines on my own. It's appealing to us because we can go fast. We don't have to stop for anyone. We don't have to deal with anyone. We are accountable only to ourselves. And a lot of hierarchical leaders can operate that way as well. Like, I'm the main guy. I do things. I make it rain. Everyone else are just my fanboys. And I think when you look at Jesus, how he modeled it is like, guys, it's better. It's better that I go. It's better that that I'm not uh, here to distract you from you doing it you do the plan you go do the thing you go crush you go give your gift and i think like i think with saul and david i think that's what made saul so insecure is that david was crushing david was doing things his own son jonathan was crushing was doing things and it's like i think he got insecure and chased them all away and like you look at pharaoh pharaoh had absolute king energy he's like oh look at this Look at the slave who's absolutely crushing. I will promote you. Go do the thing with more with more authority, with more resources. And I think that is that is God's plan for all of us, is that we would be crushing at a plan, that we wouldn't be looking to another man to hold our hand, that we wouldn't be looking to another man to do it for us. It's good to ask for help. It's good to be coached. It's good to be discipled. It's good to be have a hand up. But, but it's to come to maturity. It's Paul saying, you know, hey, good stuff, chaps. We're drinking milk. This is nice. Let's start eating meat. You know, I would like to start talking about some deeper things now. We would like to start attempting some deeper, bigger things now. And I think this is what I'm so pumped about, meeting other dudes in the flesh who are absolutely crushing. It's like, whoa, is this, <laughs> you know, it's like, is this friendship? Is this tribe? You know, I'm sure so many of you guys, you know, this whole thing of like, you know, you take my crap, those are the people we like because it's like you're not being sucked into obligations. You're not being guilt tripped. You're not being, you know, slowed down or or distracted by dudes who are off mission or are not, or they're like, oh, I like the mission, man. The mission's cool. It's like, are you doing anything? Are you doing anything? It's like, no, I'm just watching you, man. I'm watching you do, do it. Can I, can I watch you do it? And it's like, it's like, that's where, you know, the celebrity, culture comes in and it's, it's such a trap for us, you know, and I feel we're doing really well of this whole thing of, cause so many guys, like a lot of guys are like, well, what am i you know, I just work a job. I'm, I'm no media dude. I'm no government dude. I don't own a business. I don't run a church. Like, what am I doing? And it's like, dude, it's the patriarchal plan. What is the patriarchal plan? You know, get married, have a family, keep your own children away from enemy institutions. Keep your wife away from enemy institutions. If you're doing that, you are winning. You are a building block of the new Christendom, the new civilization. You know, what are you doing with your money? Are you buying property? Are you buying assets? Are you uh, keeping your money in your in-group, your tribal economy, your local economy? Are you, you know, because this is the thing. It's like, oh, so Scott, are you saying we need to do everything on our own? It's like, no, no, no. It's wonderful to do things together. It's wonderful to give your gift to other dudes who are doing their gift. What I'm saying is, this thing of like, it's either the two extremes. The one extreme is celebrity culture of I'm just gonna watch Donald do it for me. I'm just gonna watch the pastor do it for me. It's entertainment. It's entertainment is what it is. The other extreme is lone wolf of I'm gonna do everything myself and I'm not gonna be slowed down by anyone. And it's like that dude who does it alone, like, yeah, you can go fast, but it's like, you're missing out on all the gifts of people you could do stuff together with, you know, there, there are people who have adjacent missions, adjacent giftings that it's like, let's do stuff together. And the reason these guys are afraid of doing stuff with people is they're, they're afraid of carrying guys. They're afraid of carrying fanboys or they want to carry fanboys. I mean, I suppose in a model where fan, you know, like a church where you get like a hundred dudes who are like, our pastor is super, you know, like the whole like evangelical, you know, big Ava, like, he writes books, I buy all his books, you know, I give him a tithe every month, I clap, <laughs> please clap. <laughs> you know, I think it's it's those two extremes, you know, of like, seeing the abuses of hierarchies of like, I hate hierarchy libertarian style, or like, I'm not going to pull anyone, uh, absolute delta style, I'm just going to go crush on my own. So I think, I think striking this heavy balance of like finding, you know, three or four other dudes, 12 other dudes, 40 other dudes, you know, Getting to that place of like, I am doing stuff, so I'm not a burden. and these guys are doing stuff. they're not a burden. And like, oh my gosh, we can do stuff together. It's just super exciting. Rob, libertarianism is the lone wolf plus outsourcing masculine duties. Dude, that is really good. And I think that's it, you know, it's this it's this whole thing for us of of of, you know, industry has been outsourced. So in order to, retake that sovereignty we have to resource right it takes a lot of resources to start all the stuff up again it takes a lot of energy a lot of effort and i think that's what we're all learning for ourselves is how to resource our duties again masculine uh, uh patriarchal duties our local duties our tribal duties economy institutions and it takes a lot of resource you know a lot of times it's like oh i don't know if we can ever do this i don't know if we have the the skills the money the re- the relationships, the you know, the authority, blah blah blah. And it's like it takes a lot of hard work. And that's why we want to watch someone who has a lot of resources do it instead of us having faith and going hard and, and doing it on a small scale. So all that being said, very excited. I wanted to get into what did I what did I title this sweet stream? Celebrity culture, tribalism and working the plan. So, you know, I really wanted to get into this thing of tribalism. So many dudes are either from the libertarian frame or the Christian nice guy frame are so petrified of tribalism. Why? Because, you know, it's this whole thing of like, it's a gun, right? Why are we petrified of a gun? You know, if, if you weren't raised with guns or if, if you were a normie, uh, you know, cause a lot of you guys had the privilege of being born with this between your teeth. My goodness. A gun is effective. A gun does stuff. A gun is a tool that achieves things. And so that is why so many people are afraid. They're afraid of the gun. Why? Either because they want to do things that the gun would stop, or they have been memed by the people who want to do things that the gun would stop, that it would do things to the people who are not doing things that the gun would stop. In other words, what I'm trying to say is the people who are. So memed are like housewives, right? Housewives and moms are memed like guns kill people, guns will kill you and your children in the home. You know, and, and they meme like, Oh my gosh, most deaths, most gun deaths are in the home. Most gun deaths are in the home. And it's like, Yeah, against a freaking robber, against a freaking dude coming into the home. It's like, You know, hello. So, this thing of like, for us, we're so afraid of tribalism because it's a gun tribalism is a tool tribalism is effective tribalism does stuff and so as libertarians i liken libertarianism opposition to to collectivism and authoritarianism as you know young guys who have seen the abuses of like only the bad guys have guns therefore all guns should be illegal it's like no get the good guys guns like the bad guys are never going to stop using the guns so don't Stop the good guys from having the guns. You know, because that is the number one thing with Christian tribalism or Christian nationalism. You get these Christian nice guys or these like kind of Christian libertarian guys, and they're like, How dare you bring tribalism into the church? How dare you even dirty the church with this T word, with this N word, (laughs) nationalism? How dare you? You know, it's like, Wait, dude, we're the good guys. Like, we are the good guys. The good guys should have guns. The good guys should have tribalism. The good guys should have authority and hierarchy. The good guys should be able to fight the bad guys. How do we fight the bad guys? If a bad guy has a gun, you ain't going to do anything if the good guys don't have a gun. And then the second, so that's the Christian libertarian type guys. The second opposition to tribalism, collectivism, authoritarianism, nationalism is, is the Christian nice guys. This is the feminine energy, right? The housewife, mom, christian nice guy who has the safety first of like but but tribalism is is dangerous uh, the jews and 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 rwandan genocide and 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 meanness you know and like they they're like so absolutely they've been memed into being like tribalism means killing everybody who's not party vote tribe you know nationalism means rail cars on the way to a labor camp. And it's like, what? What? You know, it is it is literally like a mom saying, CNN told me that most gun deaths are in the home. And it's like, what? Against freaking intruders? Against someone who wants to come and rape you? Against someone who wants to take your baby? Hide your wife, hide your kids. They're taking everybody in this place. You know, it's just, it's hilarious to watch grown men be afraid of guns. It's, it's not hilarious. It's sad. You know, so for me, growing up in a communist utopia, like, you know, access to guns is very limited. So you can understand. You can understand apprehension of like, hey, I wasn't taught. I mean, I was taught as a young boy, but like, you know, 10, 10 years go by, you haven't handled a gun. And you're like, man, you know, I need, I need to go to the range. I need to take a class. I need to be taught by guys who are disciplers, who are skillful. And then it takes the fear away. You know, my wife was one of the socialist little girls, feminist American pop culture girls who was indoctrinated that guns are evil. And she went to a gun, cla- uh, gun class for a bunch of ladies. And she came back, and she's like, I want to buy a gun. And it's like, praise God. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that easy. It's seeing someone wholesome that you trust, that is good with the tool, show you how to operate the tool. That's what takes fear away. And then speaking the truth about statistics. You know, this is why, because so many dudes are like, Oh Scott, you know we would listen to your stuff, but you're a bit heavy on the race on the race stuff. or oh Scott, we'd listen to your stuff, but you're a bit heavy on like the World War II stuff. Chaps, you have to rightly understand the statistics because because the culture tells you the statistics are that tribalism kills people in the home. And it's like the intruder, the intruder they're leaving out a part and that's why you have to touch on all these other things that are taboo, right? Because you have to tell the truth. You have to tell the truth about tribalism. Who does tribalism badly? It's not us. You know, who does gun ownership badly? It's not the husband. It's not the mom. As a mom, if you have a gun, statistically, you are now safer in your home. Statistically, as a wife, if your husband has a gun, you are now safer in your house. And then I put there's 400 gun deaths every weekend in Chicago in Chicago, you know you have to you have to say the taboo part because it's truth that sets us free to wield a tool that God intended for good, to wield a tool that God designed for the good of his people, for the good of his place, against evil men who have no qualms picking up the tool, who have no qualms using the tool against good people as we have seen right across our our Christendom right across the West. There are bad men who have used in-group preference, who have used tribalism, who have used gatekeeping, who have used enemy, friend-enemy distinction, who have used the Overton window. They have used all of these tools against us, against our people, against our place. And instead of pointing at the evil guy who's using it, because that's, don't do that, (laughs) that's taboo, because they, they own the tool of media, right? They own a, they own the gun of media. They own the gun of academia, of education. And so for you to point them out is like, they'll bring that gun to bear on you unless you have your own gun, you know, to, to fire back. You know, so it's this thing of like, oh, these tools are evil because they're oppressing us. It's like, guys, tools are inanimate. Tools have no will of their own. Tribalism is inanimate. Nationalism is inanimate. It has no will of its own. But when I take this and put it in this and then put it in this, and then then things happen, right? Because I have a will. I have intention. I have moral leanings, right? Tribalism is simply a tool. It is inanimate. Until men of honor build hierarchies, and wear the crown that rules the normies, that crushes the clowns. Right now the clowns are using these against us. And we're like, oh, gun crime, gun crime. And it's like, no, who's who's using the gun? Who is using the gun? And it's like, the solution to gun crime is gun kings. Is more guns in the hands of absolute kings. <sighs> I just get very, I just get very. What's the word I'm looking for? A righteous anger wells up within me when Christian nice boys, when Christian libertarian boys get petrified of tribalism and get petrified of naming the people who are using these tools against us, or at least if not maliciously against us, or at least using them to protect their own people and not letting us in. You know, God bless the Amish, those bloody kings. Agrarian kings, as it were. Alrighty, drongo There's always the art artist divide. When these are conflated or believed to be the same thing, it leads both to gamma fanboying and gamma ankle biting. Dude, so so true. Celebrity culture happens when one wants to like the artist, just as one may like the art. That's very good. That's a, such a good distinction, my man. You know, because it, it is this whole thing of of the gamma is a secret king the gamma is the secret the fantasy crusher the fantasy doer the fantasy institution builder the fantasy domain leader you know you're not doing it and so you start making fantasies that you are and then you you start you know it's a feminine strategy of trying to co-opt someone else's you know this is why i speak so much on not having insecurity around other men who are crushing about blessing other men who have more talent than you. The gamma can't do it. They want to co-opt the man who has more talent than them. They either want to co-opt him or they want to gatekeep him out, you know. It's Saul to David, you know. It's like, Jeff, we have to bless men who are crushing. We have to bless, you know. Dude, this happened to me yesterday. Someone shared something or other and like some guy, just check it out and I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, some 50 year old guy down the line, you know, he's doing all this stuff with identity and purpose and domains and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no way. It's like, am I the imposter? Am I just, you know, cause when you see someone else, like pretty much saying what you're saying, this thing comes up and you have like, am I the imposter? Uh, or number two, like jealousy or fear of there's not enough space. There's not enough. This guy's already doing it, you know, oh, like anger or resentment or jealousy or, or fear of, of, it's like, I had to like check myself and be like, Shut up, little gamma. Like you know, <laughs> you know. It's like, chaps, there's space for there's space, there's space for everyone, and that's the problem in a celebrity culture is you don't believe that you have value to give, that is, is valuable to that group, because that's when celebrity culture comes in of like this guy is so far above me, this guy is so amazing and wonderful, and it's like no, I have a role to play and I'm playing it, and therefore I can look another man in the eyes with dignity, because it's like. I am crushing to the best of my ability. You know, I'm not crushing to Donald's level. And so if I saw him, I would give honor where honor is due. I know he has more honor than I do. I know he's crushing in, in far more scale than I am. But I know I'm crushing. I'm crushing to my to my abilities, to my scales. And so I don't feel insecure around other men who have more honor than me. I don't feel insecure because it's like I'm doing what God has called me to do. You know, it's like, that's where we can all, chaps, that is where, you know, this absolute freedom comes from. Is like, man, I'm doing, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part, even at one talent or at 20,000 million talents, like I'm doing my part. And that's it. When you're, when you're a 20,000 million talent guy, you can look down at a one talent guy and, and, and not be afraid to engage with him because it's like, this guy's crushing. He's not looking at me to crush. He's crushing. And it's like, I can be friends with him regardless of the imparity of scale. But I like that whole thing of the art-artist divide, uh, Drongo. Uh, Mr. Max, who's more tribal than the Jews? Exactly. You know, I admire them. They are a model for me of institutional in-group preference, of absolute tribal dominance. You know, we love the Jews on this channel because they are such a great model for us. They're such a great positive vision. They have what I want. They have an ethnic and spiritual homeland. They have an engaged diaspora They have wonderful institutional uh, dominion over many different institutions, over many different domains, Uh, just, you know, fantastic tribal uh, operators. Let me tell you, Mr. Max, the minority groups worship, the minority groups worship is the new religion in America. That is why saying anything bad against someone, a minority group or using a slur for them is seen as so blasphemous and offensive and it's it's that inversion of the hierarchy in our society honor <clears throat> does not come from being a a man of good character who is crushing in his domain as unto the lord and doing his duties honor comes from being a victim in this in this clown world honor the more victimized you are the more absolutely pitiful your story is the more the higher you are <clears throat> in these hierarchies and who's more pitiful than many of these minority groups, you know, because they, you know, fatherlessness and and crime and violence and poverty and uh, degeneracy and all this stuff, which a lot of it, I, I agree with him. A lot of it is systemic, right? What I mean by that is that they are being used as tools. They are system systemically used as tools against uh, the major, majority host population. Matt, the Irish are still pretty good at ethnic networks. And in-group preference, they're at the heads of tons of top 500 corporations, and even Biden often promotes his Irish background. Yeah, you know they have a they have a peculiarity about them still. You know the Italians and the Irish. You know they have this, and and it comes in geographical areas. You know, like I think Boston, Chicago, New York. uh, I don't know where else the Irish are strong, Um, but you have these kind of uh, heavy heavy, uh, concentrations of the Irish. And that's where, where the in group comes in, uh, in handy, you know, it obviously seems more political and, and economic. Um, I don't know that there's many media institutions that are putting, pushing the Irish diaspora. And it's very interesting. I, I'm not sure if they have a, a big diaspora mindset about them other than going back to Ireland for a pint of Guinness and, uh, you know, just saying I went, but I don't know that they care very much for Ireland's sovereignty or anything like that so praise God, gentlemen, I'm trying to think, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, so working the plan. So this is where, you know, there comes a lot of, there comes a lot of dignity for us. You know, I think this is what I'm just so pumped about. There comes so much dignity for us for being like, I have a plan and I'm working it, you know, anxiety, depression, frustration, anger, it all comes from when our plan, our vision, uh, is, is not working or it's not, uh, we don't feel like we are, uh, giving our gift to our mission or our plan, you know, and it's okay to be in the desert. You know, like we said last week on last week's stream with, with success through scale. And, you know, we often think that it's only when I get to the scale, am I successful? You know, and so if David or, or Joseph had thought that, or Jonathan had thought that they would have felt like a failure for a large part of their lives. But the means is the end. The means is the success. So what I mean by this, I would like to be a a farmer. You know, now for me, I've pegged farmer to being like, oh, you know, when we have 50 acres and we've got a going operation that we're making money from, I can finally call myself a farmer. I am finally a success at being a farmer. And it's like, chap, unless you're treating your little half acre rented backyard unless you're stewarding it with the same faithfulness and working your gift to it as unto the Lord now, you're not going to do it later. You know, what are you doing now with the stuff you have? The means that you have right now is how you're going to do your greater scale later on. And so being happy with that scale, you know, this is the, the, the contentment, the thankfulness and gratitude and contentment of a Christian man is because even in the desert, it's like, wow, Lord, I'm in the desert or even in slavery, Joseph, right? Or even if you have a cursed father, like you are destined to be cursed, Jonathan. Like Jonathan would never become king. He was cursed to never become king and he knew it. Wow, Lord, thank you for putting me here in such a time as this. Thank you that you are directing my steps. And so I'm going to steward this season very well. I'm going to steward this season as if this season right now is my success, is the whole thing you put me here for. You know, you're like, oh, Scott, you bastard. How could you... How could you? How could you be fruitful uh, if you're in the desert? Or how could you be successful if you're in the prison? Or how could you be? How could you be serving God if you're cursed and you're never going to be a man to match? I was like, that's where these dudes had this king energy, this mindset of like, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord, and He knows what I need. He knows the desires of my heart. He knows where He wants me. He's directing my steps, and He has chosen to direct my steps into this desert, into this prison, into this slavery, whatever. It's like. Okay, Lord, you want me to do something here. What is that something? Give your gift. He wants me to give my gift in this area that I am now. Now, you know, what that is, you can explore that and and ask the Lord and stuff. But often it's like, what are my passions? What are my talents? What am I pumped to do? What do I dream about doing? Now, how can I bring that to this scale? How can I bring that to this situation? And then the Lord will lead you out. The Lord will give you ways out. He will, you know, he will bring you from the desert and into the palace. He will bring you from obscure slavery to become the right-hand man of Pharaoh. He will bring you, you know, to a glorious, you know, I, I look at Jonathan, I'm like, man, that dude was Jesus. That that dude was the most virtuous man beside Jesus, you know, to have lived in, in Bible story. In my opinion, some midwits will disagree with me and call me a heretic are you saying Jonathan is Jesus it's like he's a shadow he's a type <laughs> but the dude was cursed to die the dude was cursed to never inherit the kingdom on Earth he was cursed to never wear the crown on Earth and he believed that God would reward him in eternity God would reward him in the afterlife to be to wear a crown in the afterlife there would be a reward for his his behavior even in a cursed system, a cursed closed loop. You know, this is, this is my message to minorities. This is my message to systemically oppressed people, you know, of of which white boys are now systemically oppressed. We are not victims. We are not victims. We are men of God. We are sons of a King. We are Kings that the King of Kings is King of. And so we operate our gift in the prison. We operate our gift in the systemic oppression. We operate our gift and we trust the Lord to lead us out. And if we are never let out, then we are counted faithful when it comes time to die. And we are given many crowns in the afterlife. We are given many cities in the afterlife. You know, we have to, have to, have to, chaps, have this thing of like, Lord, I'm going to work my gift, you know, even if I'm not where I want to be, you know, we can pray, we can ask God, like, God, please, will you lead me out of this desert? Please, will you lead me to the palace? Will you lead me to the promised land? Lord, these are my desires, you know, because that's what. That's what uh, the prophet said to David after he had sinned with Bathsheba. He said, you know, like God said to him, I have like, David, I've given you everything. Everything you have, I've given you. You know, would I not have given you whatever you had asked for? Why didn't you just ask? Ask, ch- chaps, ask for the desires on your heart. You know, God, like I'd really love to do this. God, I'd really love to do that. And I trust this is ambition and contentment. God, I trust you're leading me into that and I have a vision for that and I have hope for that and I have faith for that and man, that would be awesome. And I'm going to work today as if I was the man who was going to do that at some point when the Lord sees it right to take me in. We have to, chaps, be kings where we are right now. So, praise God. I think as well, just just super super glad that like tons of dudes in real life are crushing. Um, and it just warms the heart, you know. So so no matter the craziness going on in the political world, no matter the craziness going on in the economy, no matter the craziness going on in, in churches and in media, chaps, you know, there are 7,000 men who have not bowed their knee or kissed the ring of Baal. God, I just want to meet three or four. And if you can meet three or four and start doing life with them, man, you know, you'll become ascendant. You will become a tribal chieftain of the neo-Amish variety, as it were. Love you boys. Have a good one. And uh, we'll see you all tomorrow.